direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is Dinfos Live. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Dinfos Live. I'm your host, Major David J. Murphy, an instructor at the Defense Information School. And on this month's episode, we're going to talk to Air Force District of Washington Public Affairs Director, Major Brian Davis. Major Davis, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Major Murphy. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here with us today over there, of course, at the Memorial. And we look forward to talk to you all about that unique and interesting mission that you spearhead. But before we do, let's introduce our social media moderator for this month, Sergeant Ben Winton. Sergeant Winton, happy birthday. Thank you very much, sir. 247 years now, and I don't feel a day over 138. That's great. And you don't look a day over it either. That's what I aim for. It's the moisture. I oh, beautiful. Smart. Uh, what do you got going on for the Thanksgiving uh, holiday? I'm going to be having a Friendsgiving. Nice. I'm told that's when you have Thanksgiving <laughs> with your friends. Amazing. Amazing. Well, you have a, a great and wonderful holiday. All right. Now, if you have any questions for Major Davis, don't hesitate to leave those in the comments down below, and we might just read them on the air. All right, well, let's not keep Major Davis waiting. I know it's cold out there. So let's go back to the memorial and start off with our first question. Major Davis, tell us a little bit about your experience in the military and in the PA career field. Hey, Major Murphy, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I've been in the Air Force for 12 years now. This is my fourth public affairs assignment. And as the PA director for the Air Force District of Washington, I lead the communication effort for our three primary mission sets, which is contingency response, ceremonial honors, and mission support or operational support within the NCR and worldwide. Um, prior to being here at AFDW, I was at Alaskan Command at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson. Nice, nice. Well, obviously, you know, we've got you at the Air Force Memorial. It's a beautiful location. Tell us a little bit about this memorial that you're at. Yeah, so it's a beautiful memorial. We're located here in Arlington, Virginia, just outside of Arlington National Cemetery. And obviously the three um, most iconic parts of the Air Force Memorial are the spires. So those go up to 270 feet in the air and they're represented, represented, they represent a bomb burst maneuver, which is flown by our combat pilots. Uh, but it's probably made more famous by the Air Force Thunderbirds and their inspirational demonstrations that they perform throughout the year. Uh, but the spires are not the only part of the Air Force Memorial. So it was designed by James Freed in the early 2000s, and it was meant to be an immersive experience. So as you come out here, you'll see that the main walkway looks like a runway. The sidewalks kind of look like taxiways. So you have that feel of being on an airfield. Uh, you have two granite walls that include inscriptions that are represent representative of the Air Force. So you have our core values, you have uh, quotes from key leaders throughout our history and you have campaign achievements going back to the days of the Army Air Corps. That's we great. also have a glass wall uh, that's got a engraving of the missing man formation and that's a great place for people to come and reflect on maybe a, a loved one that they've lost or uh, just um, airmen in general. And then across the courtyard we have some statues of the Honor Guard and that represents the professionalism and dedication of our ceremonial honors forces uh, that support uh, the Air Force worldwide. Wow, amazing. I can see that there are some fences around the Honor Guard statues and I can hear trucks in the background backing up. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on at the Memorial right now with regard to the construction activities? Yeah, so I'd ask your viewers and your listeners to 
to bear with us. Uh, there's a little bit of ambient noise going on with some construction. Uh, so we have several construction projects going on at the Air Force Memorial and just wanted to highlight a couple of them. Uh, the first one that we've got going on with the fencing is a lighting project. So we're currently replacing the existing lighting with more energy efficient, uh, better lighting that's going to you know, more effectively illuminate the Air Force Memorial as well as just enhance the visitor experience. Uh, but the bigger project is uh, the Arlington National Cemetery Southern Expansion and that's where the Air Force Memorial is going to be integrated inside of the fence line and that's a project that's going to take place over the next several years. Um, so there's going to be a lot of activity for example they're going to realign Columbia Pike which is the main roadway up to the Air Force Memorial. Um, so as they do that we'll have to put in an uh, an access road uh, temporarily so that people can still come in because our goal is to keep the Air Force Memorial open throughout the construction uh, these several years. Um, and another piece, you know, from a public affairs perspective is making sure that we're communicating the impact to our stakeholders with that. So we're committed to making sure that we get information out, whether that's on the Air Force Memorial page, which is on the AFDW webpage, or via social media. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about how the Air Force Memorial fits in with the actual mission for the Air Force District of Washington. Right, so the Air Force Memorial was originally designed and uh, constructed by the Air Forces Association um, in the early 2000s, and eventually they handed over control to the Air Force, and that responsibility um, falls with the Chief of Staff of the Air Force to you know, maintain the significance and the, the, uh, the high profile of the Air Force Memorial. And that's something that Air Force District of Washington as a direct reporting unit for the CSAF has taken on. So we are really the ones who are championing the Air Force Memorial. And when things like the Arlington National Cemetery uh, project comes along, we're developing public affairs guidance so that we are uh, thinking through the information that our stakeholders are gonna want to know. And we're uh, ensuring that we've pulled that together. We've got Q's and A's so that um, if those questions come up, we can get out pertinent information. Uh, another piece for our commander is we really want to instill the Air Force Memorial into Air Force culture. We want airmen to have a personal relationship with the Air Force Memorial, uh, maybe similar to how Marines view the Marine Corps Memorial and knowing what that represents and how that's significant to their service. We want to have that same thing for the Air Force Memorial. Okay, great, great. Well, I hear we have some questions on social media, so let's throw it over to Sergeant Witten. Sergeant Witten, what can you got for us? We do got a question, sir. So we, we got this one coming in from Val Brown. They ask, what aspects of the training you received at DINFOS do you put to use that were kind of unexpected? Like maybe you didn't think you were ever going to use this skill in a million years, but right. boom, you used it. There you go. Uh, so... Well, first off, you know, the training that I got at uh, DENFOS has been the bedrock of my public affairs career, you know, um, really used probably all aspects of it. Uh, the one that I feel like I don't use as much and, and maybe is surprising is what I'm doing right now, which is a live interview, right? Like we practice it a lot at DENFOS, but it's something that I've always teed up my commanders to be the ones doing it. So uh, I'm used to being behind the camera, trying to make sure that they're prepped and ready to go. And here I am with the light shining on me, the camera on me, and, uh, you know, realizing a little bit of the, not being uncomfortable, but, you know, just uh, it, it's a skill that you have to develop. And, you know, it's not something that naturally comes to, you know, our commanders who may be more at ease flying airplanes or, or, you know, executing the mission. 
Absolutely. I'm sure if you ask the commander, would you rather fly this airplane or would you rather be doing a live interview on camera? They'd probably be like, oh, I'll take I'll take the airplane. Thank you. Um, what are the yeah, responsibilities? Exactly. I might take the airplane too. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Um, what other responsibilities yeah. does the Air Force District of Washington have besides obviously this awesome and beautiful memorial? Right, so the memorial is just one piece and AFDW is something that you may not have heard of, but you've probably seen us. So uh, we have three primary mission sets. I, I think I mentioned them up front with uh, contingency response and, and that's where we're supporting organizations like JTFNCR, uh, which falls underneath NORTHCOM. And we're thinking about, you know, the security environment for uh, the national capital region. And that's a piece that's difficult to communicate because a lot of that gets into the classified realm, but it's something that our operators are doing and thinking about every day. Uh, we also have a ceremonial honors mission, and that's where we have the Air Force Band, the Air Force Honor Guard, and they're going out throughout DC. They're supporting um, kind of the soft power of the military, if you will. You know, they're supporting um, key leaders. They're supporting relationship development with our um, our peers and those countries that we're developing relationships with at, you know, at the White House, um, at the air staff, you know, at these different places, or it may just be a summer concert series where they're out at National Harbor. Um, and then we also have our operational support and that happens inside of the NCR and worldwide. So inside of the NCR, uh, we are the higher headquarters uh, for two wings. Um, so that is the 11th wing at Joint Base Anacostia Bowling and the 316th wing at Joint Base Andrews. And we support those wing PA missions by making sure that they've got the strategic guidance that's coming down from SAF PA so that they can execute their PA missions as well. Um, and then something that a lot of people don't know is um, AFDW serves as the higher headquarters for almost 38,000 airmen worldwide who fall outside of the traditional major command or MAGCOM structure that the Air Force has. And it's not that we're driving things operationally for them, but we're providing them administrative support. So maybe that's, you know, an award package. So for PA, that's the Public Affairs Communication Excellence Awards. If you're assigned to an Air Force element out there and you don't have a MAGCOM, you can still apply or submit your nomination for CGO of the year, FGO of the year, whatever that is through AFDW so that we can still recognize the great work that you're doing. Um, and that's important too because, you know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but all of the instructors at DENFOS have an AFDW patch on there. And that's because the defense media activity falls underneath OSD. And that's one of our Air Force elements at AFDW. Absolutely. You know, and uh, the National Capital Region is a very rich and dynamic region to work in. Can you talk to me about some of the specific public affairs challenges and opportunities that come about from working in that region? Right. You said it up front. It's a very dynamic environment to work in. So um, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that can happen with, you, with a tactical piece that maybe, you know, you don't think it's going to have a big impact, but all of a sudden it has an impact at a strategic level because of the number of high profile media that you have here. You have the Pentagon Press Corps and there's just so much that's going on that's in the backyard of SAF PA or OSD. So you really have to make sure that you're building relationships, that you're communicating across different organizations so that everyone's aware of what everyone else is doing. Um, and if you are speaking um, on the same types of issues that you're speaking with a consistent and common voice. Okay, great. Well, I'm being told we have another question from social media. Sir Wynn. 
I do have another one. This one's coming from Alex Cabot. They're wanting to know how important is it to coordinate with other PA offices in your area? Oh, okay. Other PA offices. How important is uh, that? Yeah, so that's critical, especially in the national capital region. So I'll give you a couple examples. So uh, first is, you know, just the Arlington National Cemetery expansion. As it expands out and the Air Force Memorial is integrated into the fence line, um, you know, there's a lot of questions that are coming up with that. There's a lot of people who are concerned, you know, is that going to impact the visitor experience for the Air Force Memorial? And, you know, we're looking at the public affairs piece to that, and we're working with Arlington National Cemetery to maybe understand what the future will look like, where, you know, currently there's about 315,000 visitors who come up to the Air Force Memorial a year. Well, Arlington National Cemetery sees 3.5 million. So if we're talking wow. about um, highlighting the Air Force Memorial, integrating that into Air Force culture, you know, by integrating that into Air Arlington National Cemetery, that may provide an opportunity for us to reach a broader audience, to bring more people out to the Air Force Memorial so that they can understand that. So, you know, that's one piece of like, you know, coordinating and building relationships across the board. Um, the other thing is, you know, if you have an issue or something that arises, like it can go from being very, you know, wing level issue to being, you know, at the press secretary for the Secretary of Defense relatively quickly. I've seen that happen within a few hours. So you have to be building those relationships. So the first time that you talk to somebody at SAF PA or at OSD or whichever agency that is, it isn't in the middle of a crisis. It's you've built a rapport with them. You understand who they are and that um, you can lean into that relationship earlier than waiting till the last minute when there's a crisis or something going on. Uh, I think that flyover you scheduled is just going by right now. So that's great to see the helicopter going by there. All right. Well, yeah, what... they may be a few minutes late, but. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, what are some pieces of advice you would give someone who's just at the very beginning of their public affairs career? Right, so I'd like to share some advice that I got from the now press secretary for the Secretary of Defense, and that's General Ryder. Um, so I had the opportunity to work for him for about six months when I was deployed to CENTCOM headquarters in Tampa, and he was the public affairs officer. Um, and as I was getting ready to leave and go back to my home station and my job, he, um, we sat down and he gave me some mentorship and some advice. And one of the things he told me was, uh, don't be afraid of opportunities or assignments that might scare you a little bit. And I don't think I really comprehended what he meant in the moment, but now, you know, 12 years in and looking back at some of the assignments I've had, you really start to understand like those assignments that might scare you a little bit are the ones that are going to cause you to kind of stretch and to really, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And that's going to make you a better public affairs officer. It's going to help you develop your own art of doing public affairs and really set you up for success in your career. Uh, was there an assignment that you had in your career that mimicked what uh, the commander said? Was there a scary assignment in your career that you faced? Um, I, I'd say my time up in Alaska maybe fell into that category. Um, you know, when I was getting ready, going through the assignment process at that time, you know, Alaska was on my radar, but it, you know, I was kind of hoping for some other things to fall into place. And then when I got up to Alaska, it was um, a really dynamic, exciting job. Um, we were part of Alaska NORAD region, so you're supporting NORAD. So when you have 
Russian bombers that are doing incursions into the Alaskan Air Defense Identification Zone. Uh, you're supporting that with the VI mission. You're releasing imagery uh, of the aircraft that are being intercepted. Um, you know, some of those things, and it really just kind of stretched me from a public affairs perspective. And it really set me up for, you know, my success going forward. Like, I think it prepared me for my job here at AFDW, and it's definitely going to prepare me down the road as um, I continue to go up in responsibility. Absolutely. I think uh, one of those missions that was kind of made me think of that was my assignment to Korea when I actually was sent to Special Operations Command mm -hmm. Korea. Very interesting, rich, dynamic, and an amazing mission, but again, very scary because first overseas duty station, first special operations duty station, first joint duty right. station mission. So tons of different mm -hmm. dynamics at play there and also a very rich and unique public affairs mission. So I totally agree. Take on those assignments. Don't be afraid of anything. Just go full force and, and you'll do great. All right. Well, great. Is there anything else you would like to add before we uh, sign off with you? Yeah, so first, just thank you for the opportunity to talk a little bit about AFDW. Obviously, that's a very dynamic mission set, and it's hard to kind of compress what we do into, you know, a short few uh, tidbits. But um, before I leave, I'd really like to just encourage, you know, your visitors and, and your listeners on the podcast to think about coming up to the Air Force Memorial if you've never been up here before, or even if you have. Um, it's a great place. It's very you know, integral to Air Force history. It's a great representation of our heritage and our, our culture and a, a great place to come and reflect. You know, we have a great overlook of uh, Washington, D.C. You can see the National Mall. Uh, so just, you know, even as we're going through all of this construction, I still encourage those viewers and listeners to come up here and, and just experience this great place. Excellent. Well, think warm thoughts for one more minute because we have another question right. from social media. Okay. We do, sir. We have this one from Lieutenant Jay McCoy. They're asking, uh, basically, it, it seems like that you've got a bit of a passion for the historical aspect of this memorial. Does that, does that affect your ability to better do your job that you are actually personally invested in this? Uh, I would say that that passion has evoked because of my job, right? Like, I don't think I understood these aspects of the Air Force Memorial until I came into AFDW and started working with, you know, our subject matter experts who really understand um, the Air Force Memorial, the history of it, and how it needs to tie into our culture. You know, it's, I don't want to, you know, use the term being re-blued, but in a way you are, you kind of understand the, how a place like this can be inspirational, how it can tie you to something, you know, like going back to like the core values, right? Of um, something bigger than ourselves um, and that's really what I was looking for when I came into the Air Force and it's just one of those little tidbits that um, you don't necessarily expect but it kind of came together with AFDW and reminded me of why I am proud to serve and why I'm proud to be a part of the Air Force. No it's a great point because I mean I have to imagine going from just seeing the Air Force Memorial is really like kind of like a, a tourist attraction if you will to something that you're now responsible for telling the story of like that must have been a, a very interesting and dynamic shift for you in your mindset yeah. and your career right yeah exactly and i think it's just internalizing that a little bit um and every one of my assignments i think i've taken a piece of that mission or our responsibility for that wing and you know you feel um, a part of that 
a part of that effort, whether it's a small part or a big part. And that's just something to be proud of and something that you know I'll continue to look back on you know, even after I've retired and hung up the uniform. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us today, Major Davis. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Major Murphy. And I'm actually going to step out of the way and maybe the camera operator uh, can pan up and, and show off this Air Force Memorial for you. Excellent. Sounds great. Well, again, while the camera pans up, I'll just let you know that Again, this has been an awesome show, awesome experience. We hope you've enjoyed this little divergence from the regular in-studio style show that we normally do. If you've liked what we do here, let us know. Let us know in the comments below you like this kind of thing that we're doing. We love to experiment and try new things. Also, if you prefer to listen to these episodes instead of watching them on screen, you can download the show as a podcast. Just search Dinfos Live on your podcatcher of choice. Well, that's our show for this month. Thanks again to Major Davis for taking time out to talk to us, and thank you for tuning in to watching and, and also commenting. Well, we hope to see you all next month. Have a great day, everybody.